Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. In this episode, I'm looking at the relationship we have between wealth and our health. Here in the UK, we are often quite reserved about flaunting our success and any resulting wealth. Modesty around money is part of our culture and boasting about business success doesn't come naturally to us buttoned up Brits. Many of us struggle to find the time and money to follow our dreams. And then we don't have the confidence to talk about our achievements. Madness. To discuss this, I have two guests from both sides of the pond. Representing the USA is Vasavi Kumar, and in Brick Corner is Sushandrika Chakrabarti. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hello. Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> Lovely to have you both here. Um, let me first introduce Vasavi Kumar. Um, she is a therapist, a former TV host, and now a camera confidence coach. Vasavi is based in Austin, Texas, USA, and is the founder of the Real Rich Community, which runs a program to help thought leaders and experts feel more confident on camera. Vasavi has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and was the regular Keeping It Real guru on NBC's Kansas City Live. She's all about getting you to stand in your own spotlight, something a lot of us, including me, find very tricky. Um, Vasavi, you say on your website, get paid to be yourself. And we all want a bit of that, uh, don't we? And I think you do a bit of comedy as well. So you're a good crossover guest, actually. But there are many parallels, aren't there, between upfront comedians and people who speak about themselves? Yeah, I think when it comes to comedy, it's like we have given us a title of comedian and it's almost like we have permission, right? Yeah. We've given ourselves we're like, oh, I'm a comedian. This is what I do, right? <laughs> um, but if you don't label yourself or if you don't identify as a comedian, um, yeah, we will definitely bump up against our insecurities and like, well, who am I to do this? <laughs> and oh, I'm being arrogant. And but comedians do it all the time. Absolutely. Let's talk to a comedian. Suchandrika <laughs> yeah. Chakrabarti is a journalist and a comedian who regularly writes for Radio 4's The News Quiz and The Now Show. She co-hosts the comedy discussion podcast, But Is It Funny? She is currently previewing her first solo hour, I Miss Amy Winehouse, at the Leicester Comedy Festival and will be taking the show also to Brighton and Camden Fringe Festivals later this year. Um, Sitandrika, I've been so privileged to see your comedy career developing over the last two years, it might be longer, um, which you've built up alongside your writing and reporting and broadcasting for national media outlets. Um, do you give up the day job? Is, is that on the cards? Um, you're, you're right, it has only been like two years. I started in January 2020. Wow. Amazing timing. <laughs> yes, I, re I remember you starting because we had that whole conversation about starting a comedy career in lockdown almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I, f I did this course and then I did two gigs and lockdown happened. Um, but some really great things happened. I sent in the video of the gig I did at the end of my course to Funny Women and was a semi-finalist in, in the competition in the Sage Awards, which really helped my career. And also my confidence because going straight from 
that course, which I'd spent a long time, I mean, in ring should I do this? Should I not? And then I do it. And it just seems like, yeah, you know, it's comedy in itself that the pandemic happens. And I just thought, actually, now I've got a video. Let's make a point of sending it out to places where it needs to be like competitions, promoters, whoever's asking for it. And that's the thing I've done with it. And whatever comes of it, I can't control that, but I've mm. been proactive and I've sent the video out and look what happened. Like yeah. great things. I wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation well, otherwise. Well, that's absolutely brilliant. Let's let's get into the meat of the conversation and, and discuss this. Now, Vasavi, you are somebody who puts yourself in the spotlight. You help other people do it. Um, we talked about you doing a bit of stand-up and comedy as well. So, you know, what what are the best ways for us to, I don't know, talk about our achievements? Talk about our achievements. Well, first of all, I, I have to acknowledge... So Chandrika, because I, for my 40th birthday in May coming up, I, um, the gift that I'm giving to myself is I'm writing a one woman show ah. and I'm invited and I'm going to rent out it. So Chandrika, you're like speaking to my heart. I <laughs> I'm renting out a theater. I'm inviting people. I'm going to get it professionally filmed. I'm working with the comedy coach and literally the idea in my head before you even said anything, I was like, wait, does it make sense for me to rent out a theater, get it? <laughs> professionally filmed and submitted and you just said you did that and I'm like confirmation yeah. like I thought it was just a crazy idea like is am I simplifying this too much and then just hearing you say that I'm like okay this is this is just you sometimes we just need that validation yeah well that, that's you know? what I was so, put on earth to do you know is just to introduce women like you to each other this that, is beautiful that. <laughs> so I do want to answer your question about speaking about achievements um you know being raised in a um first generation Indian household, right? I was raised at a very young age not to talk about achievements. My mom yeah. always said people have evil eye. They're going to cast their evil eye. What if people get jealous? Uh, so I, I was often very afraid to celebrate myself. It wasn't even talking about my achievements. Like, oh, I have two master's degrees. I, it's not that. It's celebrating who I am as a person yeah. and, and, and the cool stuff that I do, right? Just the stuff that's awesome. For... I want to first maybe share just a little about why people hesitate, right? Um, we feel guilty for sharing ourselves with others, like, because we see other people who maybe aren't doing great in life. Maybe they're struggling. And then we immediately feel guilty talking about ourselves or, you know, we've been conditioned to don't brag, don't this. So there's so many reasons why. But even beyond the why, I think what really just needs to be shared to your audience, because we can go so deep into why, why. <laughs> when you celebrate yourself out loud, you show people what's possible for them. That's absolutely true. Lead, because lead look at what Suchandruka just yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look what Suchandruka, she shared this amazing thing like, oh, I've been submitting and I've been, and I'm like, oh my God, I see myself in this woman. I can do that. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of sharing your achievements. So, uh, Suchandrika, um, would you like to comment on that? I mean, you, you're also, in fact, you've been brilliant. You've even promoted me. You've, you've written about funny women. We, it's really great. Within our community, we have those relationships. But in terms of making a living and following our hearts, you know, um, how, we, how are you balancing that out currently? And so just to say, Vasavi, please... Like, good luck with your show. Please film it. And I'd love to watch it if possible. All power to you. It'll be brilliant because you've got the passion for it. I think, I think we'll be pre premiering it on uh, the funny women, uh, funny women around the world, which we're doing again this year. So we'll, we'll have to have, we'll have to talk about this after the pod. <laughs> 
considering <laughs> it being really good. Um, yeah, so in terms of finance, I mean, when I got into journalism, so this is like 2006, 7-ish, um, this is just before the financial crash, didn't know it was coming. Oh, yeah, 2008 oh, that was, yeah, I exactly. remember that one well, yeah. And it, it was kind of a, it was like the second big thing in terms of journalism in terms of finance. The first thing was the internet. If you give anyone who is fluent in English the ability to publish they can do what a news organisation does. It isn't necessarily the same quality in terms of journalism. It depends on the person, but they can put stuff on the internet and that will be competition for journalism. Mm. So I had this situation where getting to journalism felt, you know, like I am getting to a safe kind of career. And then I've been made after 2010, I would say, uh, made redundant three times in eight years. And so, you know, my story is so common, unfortunately. Um, So for me, it was a case of, my last job was at Daily Mirror and I was training people because also digital journalism has changed like how quickly the skills you need change. So it used yeah. to be, you know, it's mad, isn't it? So yeah. you'll, you'll know this because you sort of, you've worked around the area and like in a sort of print media environment, you probably learn in design, in copy, whichever one it is. And that'll probably last you a good 30 years. But I had this situation where I was training people across Reach PLC, which owns the Daily Mirror where I worked and all the regional papers. It's the biggest owner of regional newspapers in the UK. And I was teaching people social media, how to promote your stories online, which is something we do as comedians as well. And it was 11am. Someone put their hand up at the Facebook side and said, I'm really sorry, very timidly. But the algorithm has changed for Facebook at 9am this morning. And therefore my slide is out of date. So I will say like that, that training was great proving ground for comedy because entertaining journalists and educating them is a tough job. They're a very tough crowd. And also being open to the fact that I'm wrong. It was hilarious. Like I'm still telling the story now. And I was like, look, everyone, I'll go figure out, I'll, I'll ask the social team what the real thing is and I'll get that slide corrected but this goes to show you this is the job you're getting into it will change like that and all you can do is admit you can be wrong and have a sort of flexible attitude we'll figure it out the next the next problem yeah um yeah so where does it lead into wealth I think is the next kind of thing yeah well I I was going to sort of talk a little bit about how certain people have made fantastic careers out of putting stuff online and they're not necessarily writers interestingly it's people um you know i suppose like ourselves we do podcasts but the that, there's a whole big topic around influencers and and that market which um we'll come to that i think we'll park that for the moment but interestingly i trained as a journalist a very very long time ago pre-internet we were still setting print in frames in in my in my day um so you know we've seen how much the world has changed and adapted but with that comes an opportunity so yeah I mean you can still earn a living just about as a journalist but who are the ones that who are the ones that really make it it seems to me like they're the big names that write books and do other things as well broadcasters authors would you say that's true you definitely have to have a diverse portfolio of things that you do. So when 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 I was made redundant from the mirror, I had been thinking about going freelance to pursue sort of fiction writing, the things I dreamt of doing. Mm. And one thing I knew was that personally, I love writing, but an entire life of just writing, going from bustling newsrooms to just me alone with a cup oh, of yeah. coffee, I thought that's not going to work either. But I knew that I could probably get work training journalists and also training non-journalists the kind of skills that everyone needs now that we're all publishers. So mm. social media strategies, SEO strategies, writing for the web, um, that kind of thing. So I knew 
coming out of that job that I could get training work because I built up a reputation and that my work would be a mixture of that kind of physically standing in front of people and doing stuff, sitting down on my own writing, collaborating. Um, like today, for instance, um, as an example of all the many things I do, I had a call with someone who runs a nonprofit about doing a bit of PR strategizing for her. Um, I, I have not, I can't say I've ever been a PR, but coming from the sort of freelance journalism background, I can tell yeah. her how I promote my my work essentially and look at how that we can make it work for her. Then just before this podcast, I spoke to a writer called Sarah Rutherford, who um, is a screenwriter, a playwright. She very kindly on Twitter said, I've got some time. I'm happy to speak to people about like maybe getting to TV writing and so on. So we had a really nice half an hour chat where I just talked about myself quite a lot and then was like, help. <laughs> um, and she was great and she was really, really kind. Um, and so what you do is kind of try to be a bit realistic and think, what can I do where I don't have to chase all the business? Some of it's going to come yeah. to me. What can yeah. I do to make sure I've got the money? Because the stress of not having the money will curb your creativity and make oh so true harder. can i come to vasavi just because you're you have a career also you've been a tv presenter so this is another side of journalism really i'm very interested in this keeping it real guru thing that <laughs> sounds really interesting <laughs> what, what's your experience of that i mean you've gone from that now you're training people there are huge parallels between the pair of you here yeah no Huge. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm just like sitting here shaking my head at everything <laughs> she, Sandra, because saying. I'm nodding. like, yes. <laughs> no, I really love what she's saying. So, um, when it, when I got coined as the keeping it real guru, which we thought was funny because I'm Indian and gurus and all that. So I was in <laughs> Kansas city. My now ex-husband and I had just moved to Kansas from New York and, um, I was already a, um, licensed therapist. I was already a coach. And so I was like, how do I, how do I get my message out? And I love, I love being on camera. My father used to follow me around with a camera, <laughs> you know, one of those camcorders. I was the apple of my father's eye. Um, when I got to Kansas, I was like, okay, well, I, I want to get in front of the camera. I pitched a producer at the live wow. TV station. And I said, y'all don't have any diversity in your yeah. station. Let me come in, answer viewer questions. I reach out and I want to share the story. I emailed through my personal Gmail, by the way, this was in 2011. Things were not as savvy as they are now. Right. I, I emailed him through my personal Gmail, her. And then she said, come in tomorrow. And I said, okay. They said, okay, you're going live the next day. That was it. I was <laughs> on there for a year and a half. I love that. <laughs> this is what people need to know until they come knocking on your door. You need to go knocking on people's doors. Yeah, you need to you like do. when you look. Yeah, you. I mean, I, I, I say this to my clients. I'm no, I'm no better than you are. I uh, am, am just more confident and shameless in my mm. promotion. Right, mm. I have no problem writing an email saying I think I would be able to provide a lot of um, great content for your audience. Here are the topics I can talk on. I come from a place of service. Right. Yes. Let me help yeah. you. Let yeah. me help you make this better. So there's that. And then now uh, helping other people do that. I want to make it very clear. I, I do help people get confident on camera, but the majority of my time is spent developing my craft, becoming a better comedian. I'm in nine weeks of acting classes. I agree with you, Suchandrika, about the money, right? So when I knew I wanted to shift from, go from doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching and a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching other people, I go, how do I compensate for this money that I'm not going to be making in my business yeah. through comedy, through acting, through consulting. Um, because I realized I had this moment. I'm like, Oh shoot, I'm going to be 40. I, there are so many things 
that I want. I want to be the first Indian woman to win an Oscar. What the hell am I doing? What, <laughs> I, I need to get get it moving, Vasavi, right? Like, that's what I said to myself. Um, so I love what you said, Sushantra, about finding creative ways to bring in money, because if you don't have that money, right, and if, if, if you can't pay your bills, if you're stressed, that stress stops your creativity, 100%. So I was very strategic about shifting into this new role. Um, but I will say this, even though I love being on camera, I'm, I, I am a teacher through and through. So there's always that part of me as yeah. I'm learning and growing, I need to be able to help other people with that. I'm just like, people need to know this, right? So I do both. But yeah. in this season of my life, I'm, I'm definitely giving myself and my craft a lot more attention than I am to, let me help other people do it. Right. Oh, let me help you be camera confident. Wait a minute. But I'm camera confident. Let me focus on myself. I got the goods. You know, I, I, I got it. I'm, I'm going to run with what God's given me. So, yeah. that's- I, well, I hope I hope some of our um, very modest British listeners take this on board, because I think we're all guilty of not putting ourselves forward. I do an awful lot of pontificating, sitting around thinking, who's going to want a 60 plus middle aged white woman? You know, it's not the BBC Radio 4 full of them. <laughs> you know, they don't want me as well. But I think we all have this. We all have our moments where we think we're not we're not good enough. So do it for yourself. You know, we all, we're all doing it. Well, I, I, I actually want to say one thing to your audience is that the very thing that you think you shouldn't be sharing with people, the very thing that you've been told as a kid, hush that part down. Don't be too much of that. Hide that part of you. If you led with the thing that you were told was wrong about you, your life would completely change. Yeah. Because right now really- you're... You're leading with who I need to be to have some sort, some you know, some respect. Mm. Who do I need to be versus screw who do I need to be? Who do I want to be? Yep. Who's the part of me that I've been hiding? For me, yeah. as an Indian woman, and I think Suchandrika, maybe you can relate to this. We don't talk. I don't talk about sex. I'm not allowed to talk about those things. I can't be sexy. All what are these parts of me? Oh, I can't curse. I can't talk about this. Oh no, my family might not approve. All the things that I've been hiding that I'm now leading with are mm. the things that are bringing me the most joy, success, money, fulfillment in my life. That's amazing. And it, and it just makes me feel better about myself. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So moving on, let's talk about the relationship between wealth and health. Are they natural buddies? I think we've kind of covered it, but I want to explore it a bit more. Uh, Sushandrika, you you seem very balanced about what you're doing, but does money and the need for it ever get to you and does it impact your mental health? How do you put things in perspective? Yeah, it definitely does. I'd say that I've learnt... I wonder if it's the same in the US. There's definitely sort of seasons for a freelancer in the UK. And that is that August is kind of downtime. So you want to try and like make hay in the in the months leading up to that. And then December is quite a downtime as well. So the, the work disappears. And you can see why people are uh, trying to go on holiday while their kids are off school, maybe December's Christmas. And then so early January, I'm like, right, I'm going to be sort of scrabbling to get, to get jobs again and get work. So like knowing the year works like that, I've got a bit better, a bit better every year. But that's always been a bit of a time of, oh, God. And it means putting the kind of creative stuff on the back burner for a bit because I have mm. to make sure I've got things lined 
lined up. So it's not just having the work right now as a freelancer, as, as you both know, it's having stuff lined up for the future, having the client who wants you back for repeat work. Those yeah. are the ways in which you kind of really make your bread and butter. If you have to keep looking for every piece of work you get, it's very hard to stay solvent, really. So it's thinking ahead like that and kind of knowing there's a natural rhythm to kind of how people work through the seasons. And like, nobody told me that. I just had to figure that one well, out. <laughs> I, you know, 30 years in PR before I end up doing this. And yeah, it, it's, it is seasonal. You know, you have your beats at the time, certain times of the year and you, you have to work ahead to those, definitely. Vasavi, how do you achieve this balance? You're obviously right in the middle of it now as well. Yeah, I am. And, uh, you know, I shared this on my Instagram stories uh, last week. I said, you know, this is my, in quotes, lowest income month, but I'm the happiest. And I shared, yeah. this is always a lull time, right? The August, the September, the November. I mean, once after Halloween, it's like done. You know, it's no one <laughs> sitting there trying to invest in themselves. They're just, it's outward, outward, outward outward. So I know this. So I plan for this. And I had to put things in perspective. I'm like, oh my God, this I've made maybe half the amount that I normally make. And I'm like, wait a minute, how much did you make in the beginning of last year? You know, I had to like remember, <laughs> oh, that the seasons of my business is I bring in huge cash injections, right? So I may not have the weekly, I don't have that weekly, but I bring in huge chunks. I bring in someone's yeah. annual salary in the first three months of my business. I'm good. I'm good, you know? Um, so I agree with this. And, you know, nervous system regulation is something that I've been working on a lot. Anytime we feel a lack of something or, you know, something's running out, we have this fear. Our, we, we like, we, we, jolt our nervous system, right? It's that, oh my God, what's, I'm not going to be yeah. able to. So a lot of what I help my clients with and I practice myself is regulating our nervous system. So when we have those oh shoot moments and we feel our heart uh, rate racing, and then, you know, as entrepreneurs, as freelancers, we just want to start throwing anything against the wall, hoping to bring in some money, right? And it's like, no, do not, don't, don't, don't abuse your creative <laughs> spirit like that. You don't need to be like, oh my God. And then go into, oh my God mode. Nothing good comes from that except burnout, maybe some money, maybe some, but you're burnt out. So this mm. totally resonates with me. You, Everything has seasons. I want to talk about the difference between the US and the UK because I, I, I'm married to a North American and I remember the first time I met his family en masse being asked really upfront about how much you said it earlier how much do you make and I, I thought what what are you talking about what do you mean how much do I make you know someone was actually asking me who I'd never met how much money I earned and there is a much more open culture about that in the USA I think but do you think that's changing Vasavi or is that still the case people are much more honest about it I I mean I think there are always going to be substances sets of the population who thinks talking about money is wrong and it's inappropriate <laughs> in my house. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, things were talked about, but not all in fully. Um, yeah. I think people are changing, but it, everyone's different. You know, it's not a, it's not across mm. the board. I mean, we'll never have everyone on the same page. I have no problem talking about money. I've, I've removed the emotion from it. It's numbers. Let's just yes. talk numbers. Yeah. I think that's a great, that's a really good yeah. tip actually removing the emotion for it. Cause I think a lot of us, are frightened to ask for fees and things because we do get emotionally caught up in it. And you've just got to go, I am worth this. You you know, if you want me to do this job, you pay me this much. And, and I think that's really important. Once we get over that, 
once we take the emotion out of it, we become a lot more successful. Um, and also the media, I mean, the, the way the media portray wealth now, I mean, it's <laughs> never mind COVID, there's another pandemic, you know, there's glossy mm. Netflix, Amazon Prime. Apple TV series showing huge opulence. What's my my, my latest uh, guilty pleasure is something called Selling Sunset. I don't know if you, either it, of yeah. you've seen that. Seen that. And it's it's yes. a property porn, as I like to call it. Um, and you know, I think it's so American, but it very much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basavi, do you know what I'm talking about? Here's the thing. I was born and raised in the U.S. and I have watched Selling Sunset and it is very American. <laughs> I was born and raised in the U.S. So I'm first gen. Whenever people ask me, what do I identify as? I say Indian. I don't think like an American. Yeah. I think like an Indian. So yeah, a lot of That's the stuff that we see is very, I'm like, oh my God, why are Americans like this? Right? I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> That's I think not I me. Just, I'm like an Indian. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, which has its perks and also, you know. Can yeah, be. that's a very interesting observation because I wonder, does that apply to you, Suchandrika? Are you actually Indian or are you... Yeah, my parents are from Calcutta, from, yes, that, from India. Calcutta, yeah, yeah. That's such an interesting question. I would say I think of myself as British. Um, ah. I think, look, it comes from lots of things, right? Because, got to be honest, India was British for a very long time. <laughs> we don't go very, you know, we can go back generations in our family trees and I don't. I don't do history. So <laughs> but my friends are specifically like a city that if you go to the centre of Calcutta, it looks like Victorian London. It was built by the Brits. Yes, and it's really yes, woven yeah. into society. And I say my parents were massive Anglophiles, and really eat like for, they they were born just as India became independent. Their parents probably felt differently, but for them it was like swinging sixties London. Like this idea yeah. of. England in, in particular was really exciting and then they got here my dad in the late 60s my mum in the mid 70s and I think my parents were frustrated creatives I would say they were a doctor and a teacher um but my mum would have loved to write novels my dad acted and hmm. they they particularly said to me you're so free go and do anything and particularly as a woman you're much more free here go and do stuff go and do it and I you know they they obviously would have found things that disappointed them or surprised them or were like, oh, this is difficult. But I definitely got a sense of like joy of like, this is great. I know that is not every immigrant story. I think it lived up to their ideals to quite a large extent. Yeah. It worked for them. But I know that is not everyone's story. What's your experience, Vasavi? You know, I'm actually working through this right now. To be, um, ah. to be completely honest with you, I've uncovered a lot of um, guilt that I feel. Because similar mm. to you, Suchandrika, um, my parents are frustrated creatives. My mother's a doctor, always wanted to be a singer, <laughs> uh, a classical Indian music. Aww. She still sings, but she wanted to perform. And her father said to her, you're not going to make any money doing that. My father is a CPA. He definitely could have been a comedian. He's one of the funniest men that I know. I get my wit from him and just my ability to talk to people. They're frustrated, you know, pent up creatives. Um, <laughs> My older sister took the traditional route. You know, she uh, she became a doctor. She did marry a white guy. So she she did that. She kind of <laughs> went against them a little bit there. But with with me, my parents, have, they've they've un, they've accepted that I'm their unconventional child. But what this is what I'm working mm. through as I start to expand and grow and be even more outspoken and even more confident, I notice more fear coming up for my mother because she's like, oh, wow, my daughter is becoming <laughs> unstoppable. Oh, wow. She oh, wow. She did a open mic. 
oh, she's talking about being Indian in like she she's seeing me doing it. So I'm getting little seeds planted here and there. She'll go, okay, just uh, stay humble. Don't get too big. Don't get too big because people are, I mean, so I hear that. I have to deal with that to this day. Doesn't say it all the time, but when I share things about, oh, my book is being published. I got signed by a publishing house. Oh my God, how many people are going to read this book? Are you writing about us? Like everything is so <laughs> fear-based. And so I'm having to work through um, guilt and um, mm. the, the possibility that, you know, I'm not that... Uh, uh, my parents are going to disown me. I don't worry about that. But it is a killing of that child-parent connection in a way because the child mm. is now grown up. I'm grown up. I'm my own yeah. person. I'm my own person. And in the Indian culture, a lot of times it's like, no, family is everything. Family unit, family unit. And I'm like, I'm yeah. my own person. So I'm going through that um, separation which is healthy, which we need to do in order to. Yes. Well, I, I hope my I hope my children do it long before they're 40. Oh, yeah. Actually. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, yeah. To find out how Everybody to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. I want to move on and just uh, finish this conversation. I want—I did allude to earlier that whole phenomena of um, people making money on social media, and I just think it's as as the topic is health and wealth. I think we can't leave this conversation without talking about it because uh, a lot of my conversations since the new year have been about people really being quite fed up with social media and that onslaught the, the 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 necessity to be somebody all the time you know promoting yourself and then there are people that go that one step further and make enormous amounts of money out of being influencers so chandrika what's your view of that the social media i do enjoy it and and i found that i think part of the problem is when you're doing a creative job, you're probably spending more time on social media when you're in a fallow period, which I believe you have to have if you write in any way for a living. It's not possible to write 24-7 every day of the week, all year long. You have to have times where you're just living or you're processing. Or I read a really nice kind of metaphor to fill up the well again. The well goes dry. Oh, so that yes. was really nice. So really interesting. Remember, yeah, that's a really interesting way Somewhere on in the it. internet and... um <laughs> Which I could cite who it was. But you write, you have a big project and you can't then expect to write your second hour long show. Um, you know, capitalism would love to get that out of us, but uh, I think people do berate themselves for that. And then what you end up doing with that time when you're twiddling your thumbs and trying to write is go on the internet, go on social media and go, everyone else is writing. What's everyone else doing? Um, mm. I find that I've not had as much time to be on social media space because I've been trying to been writing and been trying to figure out what this comedy industry is and what I'm doing and also help with the journalism background in that I would have to do things like um look at Facebook pages like say the local Birmingham one and they'd have a video of a young female reporter and there'd be all these like mad comments below um people having to go at her accent people talking about the length of her skirt and so on Horrible oh. stuff. Women get the, you know, people yeah. who don't identify as male get the worst stuff online. And the and the girl will be upset and I'll be like, right, what can we do here? My first instinct was, this actually isn't about her. 
This is about the person who feels powerless on the internet deciding that this other person has the power that they wish they had. I'm going to have a go at them. But actually, this person doesn't know you and it's really impersonal. And And I think I've absorbed that and I hope the people I was training I found the truth in that. What I'm seeing online, like no one's doing it to show off to me or to make me feel bad. They're just engaged in that in that job we all have, which is they have to sell tickets to their shows. They have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing when I've got stuff to sell. So what can I take from other people's stuff? And usually I do this with freelance journalists as well. Surely it's telling me where an editor is commissioning or where a promoter is looking for new acts. Can I use it for that? Can I see it as like a directory of like, oh, that's a new night in King's Cross, which is down the road. Let's see if I can get on it. Or, um, oh, they're looking for comedy writers. Shall I see if I can get on it? So I tend to use it as, is there an opportunity there for me? Um, yeah. I'll go and do the digging. I won't ask them for an email or anything. This is my my sort of thing to figure out. But that person isn't putting their success online to hurt me. Um it goes to show also there's work to go around. There's money to go around. There are prizes to win. There's the game. The game is yeah. there to be played. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't resent these people earning huge amounts of money, but it's, I think a lot of people do hurl abuse at them because they think they're, you know, privileged in some way. You're absolutely right. They've worked at it. Um, Vasavi, that ties in very well with what you were saying earlier about, going and knocking on doors and approaching people. So social media is a great way of doing that as well, isn't it? It is. And I really resonated with what uh, Sushandrika said. It's so easy to feel victimized by the internet, right? <laughs> like, oh my God, why do you dress so much better than me? Why do you have so many more followers? Why are you buying <laughs> NFTs? What are NFTs? What is this? I don't know. Listen, you can be powerless in the face of the internet, or you could tune in words and ask yourself, what's there to learn here? What's there to learn here? Because yeah. it's so easy, right? Every day, everyone's getting offended by everything today. It is a choice to be offended. Oh. It is a, it yeah. is a, yeah. it is a choice. If you say something and I'm like, I'm offended, I could be like, wait, what's <laughs> what's actually going on? Instead of telling you that you're offensive, it's a choice to be offended, and it's a it's a choice how you want to view the internet and how you want to um, use it as an opportunity, like you said, Suchandrika, hundred percent. People are like, I'm so terrified of getting on camera. And I'm like, because you're still in your ego. Let's transcend beyond your ego viewpoint. How do we use this to be of service to other people? How do we use this to share our art, to make people laugh, to make people smile, learn a new recipe, whatever it is. Like, get out of yourself so you can Mm. really step into being more of you, which is what I preach all the time, is to be more of you the more you you are. The more you give the permission to other for other people to be more of them, but even on a on a spiritual level, on a deeper level, I mean that's what that's what we're here for, is to fully be realized who we can be. Actually, you described it on your website about self talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I related that to being a Brit, but actually, I think you've just made it universal because. I'm, I'll put my hand up and say, I'll talk myself out of filming myself. I'm happy to do a podcast, but I think where we have to be visible, for some of us, that is really difficult. And I think what you've just said is is so powerful. And I am you know, hope people take that on board. And I would like to give two, uh, two actions that anyone can take. Um, I write about it in my book that's coming out, my um, 
Say It Out Loud is the name of the book. It's coming out spring 2023. There are two things you can do to really get used to your face on camera, no matter how you feel. I don't always show up all with makeup on. I'm not wearing any makeup. Like, <laughs> I don't care what I look like. I don't. No, I don't yeah. really either. So, but actually, that's so true. Here, here yeah. are two things you can do, and I learned this at a young age. Number one, stand in front of a mirror, look at yourself, and talk to yourself in the mirror. Because if you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can have a conversation and look at how you move and look at your facial expressions and just feel yourself, right? Just have you have to like the person in the reflection mm. for you to be able to pull up your phone like this and talk into a camera. If you don't like your reflection when you're at home looking in the bathroom and you're sitting here judging yourself, no wonder you can't get on and hold a phone and talk on a Zoom and have your video shut off because you don't like yourself. Learn to like yeah. yourself, learn to hear the sound of your own voice, enjoy yourself, stand in front of the mirror, look at yourself and start admiring. And you can be slightly narcissistic. It's okay. We're all narcissistic in our own ways. It's not about <laughs> funding over yourself. It's admiring and respecting your own reflection. Because when you can admire and respect your own reflection, getting on camera is easy peasy. That's a great tip. Fantastic. Well, thank you both. Um, I I think we've I think we've sort of done this the topic. I think we've skirted around it. Um, but that's I did. That's how these things go. Um, I, before you leave, would you uh, like to give us your top tip? I mean, thank you. You've both given us loads of tips. But what's your number one top tip for how to have fun at work? Vasavi, have hobbies outside of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because work may not always be okay. fun. But if you have hobbies. Like I play tennis. I do all sorts of things. I'm in women's tennis league. Wow. Yeah. If you have hobbies outside of work, then you'll have fun at work. Okay. That's an interesting one. I'm processing yep. that. Suchandrika, what's your top tip? Ooh, mine was going to be around self-talk, but do we think that possibly is going to cover it? No, do it. Um, so I think definitely when you do stuff like writing, you do things that are a bit um, solitary we can have um, quite an unkind voice in our heads that tells us what we've done isn't very good. Mm. Um, if we fail, if we get rejection, if we, you know, that it's our fault. But I would say really always meet that voice um, with the voice you would use for your best friend or your mother or your child or someone you are gentle with. And always meet that voice with the gentle voice. And hopefully in time, you'll find that's the voice that takes over. If you need to get some help with doing that, get that help. There's you know, that's a really good thing to do. But I used to be very, mm. very unkind with my cr critical internal voice and it killed a lot of my work. Um, but only when I became yeah. much more gentle with myself could I get the work out there in the world. Because unless it's out there in the world, there's no proof of what's gone on in your head. So start mm. with knowing you're, you deserve that kindness and, and go from there. Brilliant. I think those two tips complement themselves absolutely beautifully. It's as if you had rehearsed <laughs> this between you. So two women show. Um, <laughs> yes. So Vasavi, where can we find you? Yes, people can find me at vasavikumar.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Yes. And I, if you go if you go to vasavikumar.com, I actually have um, a replay for a masterclass that I recorded on camera confidence i think it'd be really helpful brilliant i i think there'll be lots of people beating a path to your door and suchandrika where can we find you i'm on twitter at suchandrika c and then i'm on instagram at suchandrika 
Well, that was an absolutely fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being my guests. Um, so I will bid you adieu. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.